Hello everybody, Happy New Year, Buon Anno, and welcome to the latest edition of La Fidanzata d'Italia podcast. I'm your host, Vince here. Lots of stuff has happened so far. It's the January transfer window. It's opened up and there's lots of rumors and lots of drama specifically around Juventus. So the first rumor on the January transfer window is a big one, and that's Alvaro Morata's supposed alleged move to the Camp Nou, to Barcelona. And this comes to a surprise for many people, including myself. Uh, one, because I just don't understand how Barcelona can have the available funds to pull off such a move, especially after the sign of Ferran Torres in January. They went from potentially being bankrupt, losing Messi and all that, and all of a sudden they're able to acquire all these players. I mean, they signed Ferran Torres and they still haven't even been able to register them because apparently they can't move on any players. So how they're allowed to do this is just beyond me. But uh, move away from Barcelona and let's talk about why Morata would actually want this move to go through because there was reports that he actually agreed to this move and it was all pretty much down to Juventus as to whether or not this was going to happen or not if they were going to give the go-ahead. And um, I mean, while I love Morata and while Morata has come out and essentially said how he loves life in Turin and how he loves playing for Juventus, but the fact of the matter is he doesn't have a permanent home. He doesn't have a permanent contract and, you know, it raises a level of concern for a player and I'd have to agree with him and I have some sort of sympathy for him in that aspect. But, you know, he's always on the move. He's always on a loan deal and, um, you know, and could be because of his inconsistent performances and whatnot but on his day Morata I think is one of the best strikers around so um but yeah I, I mean I think he would want this move to go through just because Barcelona was offering him a, a permanent 18-month contract and right now uh if you if you, if you know or if you don't know he's on a loan deal um uh, two-year loan deal with an op obligation or an option to buy for Juventus rather uh at the end of this current season so um in the past, yet yeah, you've had to pay a, a small fee for each year's uh, of, of each year for Morata on loan um, to Atletico Madrid, and now this is the final year of that loan agreement. And in the summer, you may have the option to either take up the buy option for 35 million euros um or they can decline and say you know we don't want you anymore we don't think you're good enough we don't think we need to spend the 35 million on you and we have other strikers that we can get for a uh, similar price range for a striker that's going to be 29 years old in the summertime but um or they could potentially maybe negotiate with atletico madrid and get a lower deal i mean who knows i mean there's there's so much that we don't know that goes into all these contracts and that they don't come out and and say in the media so anything can happen but that's why morata would want to move because he does want to feel uh, a sense of security and he's has said that before in the past while he was on loan at juve you know and they ask him about his future and what the future holds and you know whether he thinks about if Juve is going to take up the option to buy him or whatnot and you know I mean I feel for him in the sense that he says like it's not up to him and you know he while he loves it here he just feels insecure and wants a place to to, to stay and call home really like you know because his, his future is always up in the air so I do feel for the player especially from Morata given um, how much I like him but uh, hopefully he performs well with the second half of the season and Juve maybe can take up the option to buy him or 
you know, they can negotiate with Atletico Madrid for a lower fee. I mean, only time will tell um, what holds, what, what lies in store for Alvaro Morata this season. In order for Morata to complete this January move to Barcelona, uh, Juve would have to secure the services of another attacker, and they reportedly are currently trying to secure Mauro Icardi on a loan deal for the end, to the end of the season um, so that Morata can, can go, but... Um, you know, Allegri came out and, and he has said, you know, when the media asked him about it, Allegri put his foot down right away and said, no, Morata's staying. Like, I had a meeting with him, the board, and I, you know, we sat down with him and, you know, I told him straight out, like, you're not leaving. You're staying here. And that's it, period. And Allegri likes Morata. I mean, he always have. He's worked with him in the past when he had a loan deal um, a few years back at Juve before he moved on to Chelsea and, and I thought to go, but... Um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Allegri is pretty sure that he's going to keep the current squad that he has and there's not going to be many changes or many acquisitions, um, if at all any, this January. So Morata might have to just focus on impressing Juve enough so he can try to secure a spot at the end of the season. And while we're on the topic of, you know, Barcelona and them trying to acquire Morata from Juventus on this loan deal. There's also reports that, you know, now Matthijs de Ligt has come out and said that he's ready for a new challenge or Mino Raiola, his agent, has come out and said he's ready for a new challenge. And, you know, Barcelona it has come out and emerged as like a potential candidate to secure his signature um, in the summer. At first they were saying this January, but then in the summer. And again, Allegri squashed these claims and said, yeah, he's ready for a new challenge. He needs to score. That's his new challenge. <laughs> so I thought that was uh, answered pretty well uh, by the Mister, and I I think that Juve need to do whatever they can to keep Matthijs to look at the club. I mean, I think he's done really well since his move here from Ajax. He's clearly one of our best defenders, if not the best center back that we have, uh, given. Bonucci and Chiellini's aging problems and their injury problems. I mean, he's our most reliable center back that we have at the moment. So holding on to him will be vital. And I think they need to focus on making Matthijs the, you know, the the leader of this team going forward. Because, you know, Dybala is certainly coming towards the pinnacle of his career. I mean, he's 27 I believe, and, you know, I mean, he's coming close to the end of his time. I don't know if Juve's going to renew his contract or not. I mean, there's just been there's been this ongoing contract negotiation between Dybala and, and Juventus since the beginning of the season, and Dybala asking for a certain number, Juve not willing to meet that number. And, you know, I, I have to, I feel for both parties. I mean, for Juve, I, I totally agree, and I understand why they don't want to meet Dybala's demands and offer him the two million or three million more per year that he's asking or the reports are saying that he's asking for and on Dybala's side I certainly understand why he's asking for that increase in salary given the ability that he has to turn a match upside down and and just take control over a match like in, in at the flick of a finger so I mean he is that type of player but I mean only time will tell whether or not Juve Dybala can can come to an agreement um so yeah i mean in terms of january transfer moves i don't think anything's gonna happen like i said earlier and as i said like allegri believes nothing's gonna happen so uh juve have their sights set on 
one transfer in particular, they've been really, really interested in Vlaovic from Fiorentina, the 21-year-old striker. He's been a phenomenon so far at Fiorentina and lots of large, uh, big clubs around Europe are, are looking to secure his signature. I mean, Arsenal were the latest to offer Fiorentina a fee in January, but Vlahovic came out and declined that move and, you know, say he didn't want to go to Arsenal and he wants, uh, basically he wants a, a bigger club. Uh, but, you know, aside from Vlahovic and Icardi, you know, Skamaka has emerged as another option for Juve. I mean, Skamaka's been doing really well this season. Uh, so, but I just, I worry about Skamaka just because it's only the first year and I don't know how, I don't know how consistent he'll be. Like, you don't know if it's going to be just one of those one-off seasons where, you know, this player's having a really good year and uh, then he just falls off and, and it's not as good because especially for the, for the fee that the club is asking for Skamaka, I think they want around 40 billion euros for Skamaka. So um, that's quite a hefty fee for someone who is only just beginning to show his worth so um but yeah i mean some other targets that you've ever been looking at i mean there's obviously so many players that are going to become free agents this summer but you know the the big factor will be whether or not juventus have the funds to complete any of these because you know with covid um you know, the club has been hit so fi- so much financially, as have other clubs, but Juve just seem like they're in real major trouble, especially with these hefty wages that they that they have their players on, especially like one in particular, Aaron Ramsey, who who hasn't who hasn't played much at all this season. I think he may have featured once or twice this season, but he's clearly not in Allegri's plans. He's always getting injured. Um, not the player that we saw at Arsenal, not the player that we see in a Wales jersey. And, you know, especially him coming out and blaming, you know, the, the training staff and, and the technical staff and how they manage uh, him at Juve. Like, I just think it's it's kind of ridiculous. And, you know, he's on a he's on a pretty big wage. I think it's, it's believed that he's around on 400,000 um, euros or something like that a, a week wage. And. You know, not many clubs want to offer or are willing to pay that type of fee, especially for a player like Aaron Ramji, who is uh, who is going in his 30s. He's in his 30s, so um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge moving him. But Allegri has made it clear that he is not in the plans and he will be out this January. So we'll see. I mean, it's kind of a bold statement to say he will be out if the player doesn't agree to a move. I mean, you have to really. You have to really hope the player agrees to move. I mean, because we could have another like Gareth Bale situation on our hands here that we've seen at Real Madrid, where he's perfectly content to write out his contract and get paid and not play and just do his own thing. So, I mean, I hope that's not the case. I hope they can both come to an agreement. I mean, there were talks that Juve were talking about maybe terminating his contract, but now there are supposedly offers from the Premier League, some Premier League clubs. I, mean, I think he's turned down a move to. Uh, one club already in the Premier League um, and Newcastle have also made a bid for him but apparently that got turned down as well so we'll see he, he wants a more ambitious club uh, than something like that but given Newcastle's resurgence and uh, in finance is not because they're not doing so well on the table but given the financial um, increase that they've had you could see him moving to Newcastle uh, just because they can afford to pay 
a similar wage or a wage uh, that hefty. Uh, but again, only time will tell. I really think he is like key. They really need to focus on if they don't fo if they do anything at all. This needs to be the major focus, trying to get Aaron Ramsey out of Juventus and off the books this January. I mean, that, that's the biggest biggest thing i feel because then you have room to negotiate with other people uh, other players who haven't signed a new contract who are going to become free agents like paul pogba like uh, antonio rudiger you know so uh we'll see and then in the summertime you can look to revamp other positions and, and things of that nature so moving away from transfer news and everything we'll get right into Juve's matches and their poor position in the city out table and how they need a complete turnaround I mean we saw their first game back in the new year against Napoli uh, and then a draw and wasn't a favorable result for Juventus and uh, not what they were hoping for especially to kick off the new year especially trying to uh, cement their place in the top four position so definitely concerning it was concerning especially where they played i didn't feel that they played uh, particularly well they had their chances but again it's just it's just so it's been so difficult and to watch them in the attacking third and it's i can only imagine how the players feel i mean they're struggling for goals one of the lowest scoring teams in in the city this season which is unlike it's unlike them it's unlike a top teams especially so but we did see Federico Chiesa, his first game back after a long absence against Napoli. He was on the score sheet to level it up for Juve. And that was basically all they, they did all match. And, you know, and then they played a few days later, a few short days later against Roma yesterday, which was yesterday on Sunday. And that was what a dramatic match. What a game. It was a thriller, honestly. And um, a fantastic match to watch, especially from a neutral standpoint. But I was, uh, I was a bit nervous going into this match just because you know two big games back to back and then the way the performance against Napoli and how they're struggling in front of goal uh, we just you just I just didn't know if they were going to be able to uh turn it on and, and get a result here especially if Roma could because we know Roma could put in goals so it just depends and Juve can't so if Roma did put in a number of goals would Juve be able to respond and, and score goals to 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 combat that so that was the big question and my my did did they respond and uh the game ended 4-3 in favor of juventus and you know it, it was a little bit worrying for juve when they went down 3-1 right after the half you know it was 1-1 going into the halftime uh, we saw a goal from dibala and abraham in the first half um an exquisite goal from paulo dibala and again even more uh reason <laughs> in uh in favor of him as to why he should get that contract increase uh salary increase for his contract but uh, but anyway, yeah, he had leveled the game right uh, in the 18th minute mark around that. And then they went in level at the break. And then right out of the halftime, uh, right out of halftime, you, I mean, I had a good feeling at, at coming out of halftime. But then three minutes later, I mean, Mkhitaryan scores like a deflected goal that, that just goes in. And then you feel like, oh, man, it, it's that type of game. You know, big deflection like that. You know, Chesney's just on his heels. He's like just froze. And then shortly after, a few minutes later, Pellegrini scores a free kick and it's 3-1 Rome. And then you feel there's no way back after this, especially given how poor Juve came out at the break. So, and and again, as I stated earlier, I reemphasize that they've had such a struggle in front of goal. But my goodness, 
Landucci made, who has been who filled in for Allegri this game because Allegri was suspended uh, in the game against Napoli because apparently for something he said to the officials, uh, it's not clear yet to us. But he had to sit this match in the stands. So his assistant Landucci was uh, on the sideline, and my word, did he get his substitutions right? He brought on uh, Artur and Morata, and my goodness, did they make a difference, especially Morata. Morata when he came in from Moise Kin. Uh, he was a difference maker. I mean, Locatelli scored in the 70th minute, and that was all in part due to Morata's movement, Morata's involvement. And I think actually that was Morata's cross, and it was a brilliant, brilliant play in the, on the right hand side from Morata, and which is a rare position that he usually takes up because he's usually on the left hand side. He drifts out wide to the left hand side. Um, so seeing him on the right hand side and and taking on Ibanez was 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 pretty great and. Uh, he was able to do it quite well and put in a, a delicious ball in for Locatelli. And Locatelli was wide open, free header, got us back into the game at 3-2. And then you feel, okay, game on now. Let's see if they can put another one in. And two minutes later, I mean, Kulusevsky uh, scored. And again, off of a chance that Morata um, uh, had had pretty much created i mean it was granted the cross came in from i believe it was cuadrado and uh morata had a chance to chest it down and he went to Bali and it got blocked but it fell right to uh kulisevsky and he was able to to, to tap it in or to, to hit it in and we were at 3-3 and right then you feel wow what what drama and you feel like the game was totally shifted in momentum and it's like wow you made a score three goals in a match i haven't seen this in quite a while and they looked so impressive going forward either it was either they looked so impressive or roma just completely collapsed and while i want to give credit to juventus for looking so impressive going forward and getting back into the match and they showed such great character i also do feel that roma was just in shock they were in complete shock and then five minutes later decilio had a moment of magic he just took the ball down chest control and then just volleyed a beautiful finish a beautiful strike into the lower left hand corner and and then Juve's ahead and from there on you just feel you felt that this game was this game was done you felt I mean because if you saw the players especially Cristante you saw images of Cristante just biting at his jersey that Roma jersey I mean it was if you're a Juve fan it was like a beautiful sight to see like just the frustration of the other team because that's that's the Juve you want to see, the Juve that frustrates these teams, especially big teams like that, and just have that DNA to come back and just dominate a match and just give you and just shut out the other team and don't give them a way back. So that was brilliant to see. But then, I mean, in typical fashion, they just 11 men behind the ball and they're defending. And then the 81st minute, uh, you know, Tommy, Tammy Abraham gets a gets a chance i mean he strikes it delict i was unlucky for delict um you know he went in to block it and you know has hit had his elbow up and his and you know the ball strikes his elbow so they went to var and you know the referee deemed that it was a penalty and then he gave delict a second yellow card and he was sent off and at that moment i honestly felt wow this is this is it they're gonna draw the game and then they're gonna get momentum back and now you're gonna lose and and that's it but my words, Chesney, Sir Chesney, what, what a save for that penalty to deny Pellegrini and keep Juventus in the match. And, you know, Sir Chesney said afterwards that he really got lucky because he was like off balance and the way Pellegrini hit it, it went right at him and he was able to, to save it. But my gosh, after that save, it was just, it was just, I could not wait for the final whistle. It, it was, 
it was just insane. But it, it wasn't like the typical 10 men Juventus where that you usually see or you've seen this season, even the even full squad of Juventus where like where they had a lead and they just sat back and they were defending. I mean, this Juve team, even with 10 men against the 11, there were opportunities for Juve to counter and attack and, and pretty much score fifth goal. But I mean, and they didn't sit back, which which I was quite pleased to see. Because had they sat back, I feel like Roma could have gotten back into the game and maybe tied the game. But it was it was a, overall, like I said, it was a it was a great match to watch and definitely a great match for Alvaro Morata, given all of the criticism that he's got this season. Him, Dybala, and Moise Kane, and all the other strikers for not putting in uh, the attacking players for not putting in the goals this season. I mean, what a what an answer to his critics for Morata, especially given the transfer gossip and rumors that we talked about earlier about Barcelona maybe wanting him and Juve not taking up his option because of the poor performances or him not living, uh, performing up to par that they or the standards that they wanted but my gosh today if he goes on the way he played today that's I mean I feel you are pretty much making a case for Juve to sign you at the end of the season for any club to, to really pay that 35 million euro or whatever I thought they go ask um, around that fee for him if he continues to play like that I mean complete complete difference maker today when he came on the pitch and uh, to shift away from Morata I want to talk about another player who has been heavily heavily criticized and that's Artur and and I you know I've stated this in the past and uh, you know when Artur first came to Juventus and I've even last year under Pirlo I I, I truly like Artur and I believe He's one of our best midfielders, if not the best midfielder. And today, I mean, he came on for the last uh, 20, 25 minutes, whatever it was. And, you know, he made a difference. And, you know, whether or not people like Artur or whether or not people say he's not as physical and whatever, the, the fact of the matter is he came in, Locatelli was able to push up the field a little bit. Because when you saw Locatelli and Bentancur on the field together, they're similar players in the sense that they occupy similar positions. So... And Juve's midfield was getting dominated, and I think it was in particular because of that reason um, until Landucci made that change and brought on Artur because, like I said, Artur coming on, Artur was able to occupy that deeper role, and they pushed Locatelli up, which um, I don't understand why they wouldn't do that before when Benton Corp was on, why they didn't try that. But anyway, they, they tried it with Artur, and, and my goodness... And I think it's because the type of player Artur is, he's always demanding the ball. He's always checking in um, the defenders and checking to receive the ball. And, you know, I really like uh, I really like that if you watch him off the ball and he's making, you know, he's checking to the ball uh, to receive the ball and they don't play him the ball or if somebody doesn't try to play him. Even if he's like somewhat marked or if he has a player maybe a few steps behind him, he always wants the ball. And if you don't play him that ball, you can see the frustration that he gets and you know, I like that, and I particularly think that he should get the ball, and that's the role that he could play and he could continue to play in. And I think Allegra should deploy him in that role just because when he's on the ball, he barely loses the ball. I mean, he's so technical on the ball. I mean, probably one of the most technical players Juve has. I mean, if not the most technical aside from Paolo Dybala, because when you watch him and there's players uh, going in for a tackle on him or, or you know, putting pressure on him, he... He just doesn't lose the ball. I mean, the way he's able to turn and, and everything, it, he rarely, rarely loses the ball. And I love that about him. And I think that's such a, a, a rare quality and a, such a great trait to have, especially in the middle of the park. And now if he can if he can combine that with some 
playmaking ability, then I mean he'll be such such a big big help and big boost as Juventus midfielder that uh, Juventus midfield that has been lacking in terms of playmaking and in terms of dominance uh, so far for the past few seasons. I, I to be honest, so I really was pleased by Artur and I, I you know there was rumors about him and you know his agent before the January transfer window that. Um, you know, he wasn't happy. The agent wasn't happy with the amount of playing time that Artur was getting. And, you know, a player like him should not be getting treated the way uh, he has been at Juventus in terms of not playing matches or not playing as many minutes as he should be. And I completely agree, like I said, because uh, as I said, he's probably, I think, one of our best midfielders, if not the best midfielder um, of the pack. So, uh, but, you know, Allegri did deploy him uh, for a full full match uh right before the transfer window opened and then um so i i, I do think that that giving him a uh, a start and giving him a match i do think that that kind of gave him you know some some hope that he can kind of rekindle uh the career his career at juventus and kind of get back into that starting 11 and you know, cement his place as a starting midfielder and stay at Juventus because he's only 24 years old. And um, I mean, holding on to a player like that, especially for the fee that he came, I mean, a player valued at around 75 million euros, something like that. I mean, to, to offload him in such a short amount of time um, would be a real shame. And obviously they wouldn't acquire that type of transfer sum for somebody who hasn't been performing um, great as of late so i definitely definitely hope that allegra keeps uh playing him i definitely hope he can keep playing some great football and get in and establish himself into the starting 11 for mr allegri going forward because i think this he can be he will be a vital and key part in our quest to finish top four this season and especially with the Serie A table being so competitive the city i being so competitive this this year in terms of who's going to qualify for the champions league thus far i mean it's really tight at the top um you know there's still while inter look dominant at the moment there, there's still plenty of games to be played and there's still so much that can happen i mean while you don't expect you uh inter to fall off and and lose many games um at all really so i mean it could happen and if it does happen you know it gives it gives anybody in that top four a chance to really fight for the scudetto still so it, it all depends on, i mean there's still so much like i said so many matches to be played you can't rule anything out at the moment i mean it's not like we're in the final six seven match days of, of the season where you know it's it's you wrote you know what you're gonna you know what to expect you know what you're gonna get really but you know like i said there's around 17 matches or so left to play in the league and that's that's a lot there's, there's, there's a lot of points to be to be won a lot of points to be lost so um anything can happen and if you can keep up the pace and you know go on a streak of winning games and you know not losing just they, they need maximum points you feel from every game going forward and then need a little bit of luck from from uh in in and help from other teams in the league to stop the, the clubs ahead of them and uh you never know who knows what can happen i mean definitely a top four finish is reachable and i think it can happen um pretty confident that it will happen especially with allegri at the at the helm but uh who knows i i, I still i'm still optimistic at this point that something could happen anything could happen in terms of maybe uh their quest to finish in uh top two uh top two spot this this season 
<laughs> and and I know uh, people may think I'm crazy. Other Juventinos may think I'm crazy for, for thinking that way. But, I mean, it's really with the type of players that you have that Allegri has at the disposal compared to other teams, there's really no reason to think otherwise. I mean, honestly, with the caliber players, Inter and Juventus are the strongest teams in Serie A on, on, on paper, if you think about it. I mean, player for player, um, against other teams i mean there's there's no other teams in the city that i can that i believe are are closer or, or as strong as as their players that they have at their disposal so definitely top two teams in italy are inter and juventus for for sure at the moment now juve are playing inter in the supercoppa italiana and it's the both teams chance at a uh, trophy this season it could be juventus's first trophy for this season and um I mean, granted, while it's a Super Cup, it's still a trophy. And I say it all the time. I mean, and I, you know, a lot of people always downplay, you know, these different types of trophies and competitions like, uh, you know, the domestic cups and the Super Cup and, you know, the Europa League as opposed to the Champions League. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are still competitions and there's still trophies to be to be won. And that makes a difference and that matters to players. I mean, at least from from where I'm standing and my view on it, especially uh, playing football for since I was younger, you always want to win anything that you're playing in. So, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like for these players. I mean, everything counts. You know, it's a, it's a trophy to go into your 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 cabinet at the end of the day. So, um, so yeah, I this is a big deal. I mean, it's a final. It's played as a final, and you know. And and they're both one. Both teams will want to win it for sure. And I think if Juve can can win this cup, it'll definitely be a huge, huge confidence booster, especially after yesterday's win against Roma and the way that they did it, and and then the manner that they came back. It's definitely going to help them in their fight for a top four spot. And who knows if, uh, depending on how the match is played, depending on how how good they can play against this Inter team and. You know, it could potentially be a deciding factor even in Inter season. You know, I mean, I, I can I know from personal experiences, you know, from from and and even seeing stuff on from other past seasons and stuff like that. When if Juve can put in a dominant performance and completely, you know, dominate Inter, I mean, that could potentially, you know, cause the cause Inter to maybe drop a few points going forward, and and it could cause them to. You know kind of self-destruct in, in in a sense that um you know it's not something you're expecting and then it happens and it just takes you off path uh, like i said i've seen it time and time again i've seen it uh just playing at a personal level and then seeing it time and time again season in in prior seasons so with different teams uh, when somebody loses or a team loses it could just just be the beginning of their downfall so i mean that's what juve can hope for that, that's the optimism that i have going forward um is that they can put in a, a dominant performance and we can see their fall off a little bit and and uh put everybody back in the title race but um if you can tune into it tune into it because you got the two best teams in italy going up against each other uh right now so it's um while the position while the league table may not you know may not state that's the two best teams in italy like i said before player for player wise it's the two best teams in the league going at it and you never want to miss uh a game like that so the only downside to this is that there's just been 
a congested fixture list for for Juventus and and uh, it's definitely not easy, especially given, you know, all this COVID, uh, the, with people being out, players being out for COVID, and and on top of that, you pile on the injuries. And like I said, the latest being Federico Chiesa, such an important player, and he's going to be out now with that um, that knee injury, and he's going to have to have surgery in the next few days. So he, he might even potentially miss the World Cup qualifiers, uh, the remaining games for the to qualify for the World Cup. And you know, while we while I have sympathy for the players and, and the managers who, you know, blame the congested fixture list, I think at the same time, I mean, this is football and, you know, a club like Juventus, I mean, this is this is how it goes. You have to be competing on all fronts and all competitions. And um, this is, unfortunately, the, the, this is what comes with that. So you need to be prepared and um, you need to hopefully be fortunate enough to have all your players healthy. Well, that'll do it for the latest edition of La Vidanzada d'Italia podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening. And until next time, fino alla fine, forza Juve.